0: And it's called ADHD Wise Squirrels. And you can find it at wisequirrels.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Just search ADHD Wise Squirrels. Pop over and have a listen. Let me know what you think. Thanks.
1: My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man.
2: And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be to be. If you've ever been to a, a conference, a show, or anything like that,
3: and you go to the bar in the evenings... That's when the real fun starts. Not not because it's getting wild, yeah. because people were more relaxed, we're having legitimate deep conversations about here's what's working for me. What's working for you? How does this happen? How do you like that vendor? And that's where the real information is getting shared and Those are some of the most valuable times and most enjoyable times I've had at conferences.
2: Nice. 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 Nice Nice
0: with Dave Delaney. Welcome to the NICE podcast, all about communication, collaboration, and becoming better leaders. I'm your host, Dave Delaney from futureforth.com, where we help fast growing technology companies retain talent and improve culture so you have happier, more connected teams. Today, I am speaking with the one and only Matt Bailey, who teaches, who's turned to teaching. Actually, I'm excited to talk about this teaching data, like how to turn data into decisions. Uh, Definitely an important topic, uh, more so now than ever before. Before I would even say. Um, and Matt's the founder of Sight Logic and host of the Endless Coffee Cup podcast. Welcome to the nice podcast, Matt. Thanks for being here. Thank
3: you. Thank you, Dave. I really appreciate it. I love the name of the podcast and what you're doing. So <laughs> cool. I, it's a pleasure to be here.
0: What's the nicest thing someone has done for you recently?
3: Wow. Great question. <laughs> Thanks. For, yeah. I should have guessed the nice podcast. This is going to be the question. Right. <laughs> it, it, you know what? I, I'll just think back. Earlier today, someone commented, I, you know, I launched one of my podcasts, got it out there. Yeah. Someone commented, just they enjoyed it. And I don't think people realize what that does to a content creator. Just that little bit of attaboy. ah, oh, that is so, it'll make your day. It just, someone appreciated it. That's all I wanted. Just a little pat on the back. That, that That's one of the nicest things you can do for your local content creator.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm 100% on board with that. In fact, I, I sometimes think, yeah, you know, so often with podcasting and, and being authors and things, you know, you're kind of groveling for reviews or you're like, hey, please leave a comment. Please review our, my book on Amazon. But you often add because it helps other people discover it or it helps us, you know, it helps feed Amazon's algorithm to get our book higher up in, in the feed result and right. the results. But the truth is, Yeah. I mean, I think if we were more on it, I mean, that's certainly something we want, but at the same time, it's like, I just, I want to know someone's listening.
3: Right. (laughs) Let me know that I'm, yeah. Let
0: me know that I'm just not shoving this into the void, you know? (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. In a way I like, I've started, oh, it's been a while now, but when, like if I'm listening to a podcast, for example, now I use the downcast app, but there are others like it where you can actually share the episode as you speak, as you're listening to it directly oh, into wow. Twitter or social. And I love that because yeah, it's the same thing. I think of like in a way in this, in this day and age, it's sort of like paying as the consumer of the content, it, the best way to pay for it beyond money, of course, but the best way to pay for it is just to give them a shout out and say, Hey, and sharing it. Right. So Yep. Yes, that is definitely a nice thing to do. Um, so for our <laughs> listeners today, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so tell it, you. Actually, yeah, it actually, it yeah. actually benefits me. It makes me, it makes
3: me know that I'm doing something that yeah, makes yeah. a difference. <laughs> yeah, stroke my ego, please, people. Come on. Uh-uh. it's not even that base. It's not stroke an ego. Not. Yeah, it, we <laughs> like to joke about that, but it. it uh, it, it lets you know there's some value, and and when that's what you're trying to contribute, yes, it really does reinforce that.
0: There is there is a you know, I, I, you've been in this business for a while, so um, there was this point where blogs turned off a lot of bloggers turned off their comments because right. of spam primarily, <laughs> and and I I remember getting into kind of arguments with or not arguments but a dis or a, 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 a debates with with fellow bloggers about that because yeah, I mean, I wanted a way for, for people to be able to interact and let me know they, they read it at least. Um, mm-hmm. so, yeah. A two-way dialogue is, is nice that way. Tell me about this endless coffee cup podcast, which first of all, I'm all about an endless. Clearly I've had right. more than enough today, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but t- tell me about the podcast.
3: All right. So The podcast, how it came about, and and I offer this advice to anyone who wants to start a podcast, Mm. listen to podcasts. Yes. Listen to as many podcasts that interest you and learn what you like. I did not like any podcast that was less than 20 minutes Mm. because I felt like it ended just as soon as you started getting interesting. Uh, I liked the podcasts that were about an hour. Um, or you could even go as far as if you like hardcore history, those podcasts are four hour episodes, right?
0: Dan, Dan is epic.
3: (laughs) Oh, and and so, yeah, when I'm on a road trip, that's what I'm listening to the whole time. Right. So I like what I liked was just a genuine conversation. I know I didn't want it to be just me. I wanted it to be with someone because when you're bouncing ideas off of somebody that that's great. And I realized what I was trying to capture was if you've ever been to a a conference, a show or anything like that, and you go to the bar in the evenings, that's when the real fun starts. Mm -hmm. Not not because it's getting wild, because people were more relaxed. We're having legitimate, deep conversations about, here's what's working for me. What's working for you? How does this happen? How do you like that vendor? And that's where the real information is getting shared, and those are some of the most valuable times and most enjoyable times I've had at conferences. Is just that that talk. So, to be more politically correct, I made it coffee instead of endless beer mug or, or something like that, or endless shot glass. It's it, it's endless coffee cup because yeah. I think when you're sitting around having coffee with someone, the conversation's more relaxed. It's more real, and part of it is that the opportunity to get to know someone that maybe you didn't know and develop a great relationship and a good conversation from that.
0: Yeah. And that's what it's all about. I, I um, you know, at the beginning, we were talking a little bit about, you know, some of the the old, uh, uh, you know, digital kind of networking events and, you know, for bloggers and so forth. I remember, you know, hiding out in the blogger lounge at South by Southwest and like <laughs> 07 or 06, I think it was. 07. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. So, so, but yeah, early days. And and I think you're totally right in that the magic does happen, you know, in the hallways and in the bar and in the coffee shops and, and so forth, because I, I, you know, as as a speaker myself, and I know you're also a speaker, I never want to tell people like tell audiences, you know, don't go to the sessions. I don't want to, I don't want to say that (laughs) go to the session, see the speakers, but also know, especially nowadays that all the sessions are recorded typically, and that you can catch Mm -hmm. it after, if you need to, if you run into someone in the hall and you start strike up a conversation and it goes a little longer than you expected. It's that kind of serendipity that happens at conferences and events yeah. where it, that just can't be replicated. Not at all. One of the best
3: things that happened is that another speaker came up to me, and this was early, and just pulled me aside and said, "Look, you know, we've been on panels. We've we've done this for a couple of years now. Yeah, I want to get to know you better. What are you mm-hmm. doing for lunch? Yeah, and I was like, oh, and, and from that moment on, I realized if I don't get invited, I'm going to invite somebody. Yes. I'm going to use that because let's be honest, conference lunches, not that great. Right. Grab someone and go somewhere and yeah. and find someone you don't know that well. Yes. That's the challenge because we have that safe group that we typically hang out with.
0: I would also go as far as to say, flip the bill. Um, <laughs> oh, that, yeah. yeah, I mean, honestly, like I had a pretty tight shoestring budget on the early days, but some of the best uh, meals like that were not because I didn't pay for them. I mean, but like, I remember in 2006 going to the podcast, new media expo in Ontario, California. I always like to say not as good as Ontario, Canada, because that's <laughs> where I'm from. But, um, and CC Chapman, uh, had the, his, Hey, home fries breakfast and he flipped the bill. And I was like, you didn't wow. have to do that, but it was still great. Cause we got to like, I got to meet up with a bunch of other podcasting nerds like me and people that like, you know, that I knew from online, but hadn't met in person. Susan bear is another one from audience audit. Uh, I was speaking at a conference in, in, uh, uh, in, um, Arizona and she, she was there and she took a bunch of people out for lunch, a bunch of strangers. And so we all met and yeah, great things happened from that. So, yeah, I think, I think, and when you think about it, by the way, like for the attendees listening lunch or, you know, will probably be maybe like a few hundred bucks or even a thousand bucks. But honestly, if you're the ringleader and you are responsible for putting those people together, right? talking about it now. This was 06.
3: (laughs) Right. Absolutely. You remember who it was. You remember who was there. You're building connections and, and, you know, to bring it back. I mean, that's why I called it what it is. And that's when my intention for the podcast was, is I want that discussion, that conversation that, and and as a podcast, maybe it's something that you would be interested in i feel like any good podcast is one where you feel like you can jump in and contribute to the conversation and and that's what i want listeners to feel like is they're overhearing this conversation and i want to turn around and get involved in that one that's that's right. my that was my my whole thinking of developing that
0: yeah and actually to that point the best the best feedback i've ever had from guests on my podcast um and i've had this a number of times where afterwards they say you know it felt like we were having a beer together and right. I'm like, yes, that that yes, is exactly that, what I'm. That's it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or an endless cup of coffee for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, so you've been in the space for a long time. You started working in digital marketing since 1997, um, and and that's like that's pretty pretty old school. I mean, that's like we're talking dial up. Uh, <laughs> and, and I remember I was listening to one of your podcasts, and you were talking to the guests about you know cutting through your living room and, 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 and having to go like, uh, you know, up a hill outside of your house to get a connection and <laughs>
2: oh yeah and things like
0: that. So tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, how you sort of got your start in, in not just digital marketing. Cause you know 97. I mean, you were probably like me, we're probably around the same age. So you were probably just nerding out at that point, but tell me, tell me and yeah. that, that evolved into your business. Tell me about that.
3: Sure, well, you know I can go back even further because yeah. my father started a business, and in 1984, he brought home a Commodore 64. Right, if that, if that rings a bell, and uh, and 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 he got a modem thrown in with it, he had no mm-hmm. idea what it was. A friend of mine at school was like, "You got a modem," and that started our exchanging games through the phone line. And and of course, my dad would pick up the phone and ah. it's got the screeches and like, what's going on? It would take all night. We could have just handed a disc to each other and it yeah. would, you know but that was part of the fun and so that was you know getting online back then getting into bulletin boards and as i like to joke learning things you shouldn't learn at 14 15 years old it's just, french <laughs> postcards yeah <it's, clears throat> oh, it was it was just uh, it was another world so then fast forward up into the 90s i i was out of school i i had a journalism background and what it taught me is i didn't want to do journalism and so i went into real estate and Again, I'm. I'm. It's fun. It's working with people. But I had some commercial properties that, locally, I, I mean, the the audience for these commercial properties, and they were hospitality type properties, is worldwide. It's not to this local area. So how do I do this? You know, the paper. It's regional. I can buy a full color ad in Southern Living for this beautiful property, twenty thousand dollars for a full page color ad. You know? yeah. So I'm like. I should just start building a website. It's something I've always wanted to do. Start getting into it. Within months, I'm getting traffic from all over the world. I'm getting leads on these properties. And that's where it just really started to make itself like, wow, this is amazing. Amazing. And I remember to this day, and I still remind, I'm still really, really good friends with the broker who I worked for. And I remember him saying to me once, Matt, I'm not sure you should put so much time into this internet thing, but
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah the, f- the fad, right. 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 I'm yeah, not yeah. sure
3: where this is going to go. And I'm like, Oh, I'm telling you where it's going to go.
0: I'm sure you remind <laughs> him of this, uh, uh frequent every
3: chance I get every, every chance I dedicated my first book to him. So
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, we've come a long way, baby. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I actually, for my birthday a couple of years ago, uh, bought a, a Commodore 64. <laughs> uh fully fully working old school original uh, Commodore 64 my it was my uh my second computer my first was a TRS 80 the old trash, Oh yeah trash 80, yep. trash 80. Uh, <laughs> yeah But I actually ran a bulletin board myself in, in oh. 83 84 yeah so oh, I do Oh wow Yeah yeah I thought
3: I was reaching back you just went one year ahead and not only were you on you were running it wow Yeah yeah <laughs>
0: well running it I mean so for those uh 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 fr- folks listening who don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> which are probably <laughs> a lot of you. Um, the bulletin board system um, would run you know, when the phone line was available. And mm-hmm. so I used my mom's phone. Uh, <laughs> I lived with her at the time. and uh, But I could only use the BBS, the bulletin board system. I could only have it live at night. And so what would happen, because everybody else in the house was asleep, right? So the phone was available. So everybody would sleep with their ringers off and I would lie in bed and I would sleep and I would hear the disc drive start spinning. (laughs) I would, I would wake to the noise and I would open my eyes and the room would be glowing green because the disc drive was usually red unless it was doing something. So suddenly my disc drive, my computer was doing something. And so I knew somebody was on my computer. So I would, wake up and turn on the monitor and go into sysop mode and start chatting with whoever was on my computer and yeah it was magical i mean that's how i that's really how i got my my start in in kind of digital communication and and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing so yeah very very cool you are making me all nostalgic here uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so your your business evolved into an agency mm-hmm. right so tell me tell me about the the uh, site logic and, and sort of how that evolved. Did you yeah. have like a large staff or a small staff or, or were you solo? Or I had
3: some hurdles to get through before I got there. Um, but I like to tell you, so from that real estate experience, what it taught me, number one, I can make money in other ways other than selling property. Mm-hmm. I started having other agents contact me because when they went online to search for where can I advertise properties similar to this, they found me. Uh, And so I started a separate income stream by charging them to list their properties. You mean I don't have to sell property? I can make money this way. And that turned into a whole lot of other things, but also it started me on the data path Hmm. because I would sit down in the evenings. I had about two hours to do some work and I started asking questions of, well, where should I start? Should I work on the website? Should I work on sales leads? Should I add proper? What should I be doing? And and what I realized is I asked the right question. And the right question was, what's the most profitable use of my time? Mm -hmm. And that, in order to answer that question, it set me about learning. Well, I have to look at my sales system and evaluate my leads to sale. I also have to look at my website analytics to find out where the leads are coming from. And, and so learning that very early taught me, number one, that big numbers lie because I was getting 90 some percent of my leads through the website and none of them turned into sales. Right. Or I mean, not through the website, through search. Yeah. Through search rankings. The sales came from a link that I had bought on another website for like 20 bucks a year. And the people that came from that link and became leads, those are the ones that turned into sales. Right. And so right away, it taught me that, okay, search, great source. For this application, it it gets big numbers, got a lot of attention. If I had asked the wrong question of where am I getting my most leads, I would have followed the wrong path. But by asking the question of where's the most profit, that got me to the right information. So from there... I, I got out of real estate, sold that business, uh, went to work for a couple of software companies because I wanted to learn more about this industry, the business, the back end of how things worked. Then went into the agency side, eventually starting my own agency in around 2006. And we grew fast. It, uh, I probably had about two employees by the end of the year. Um, I actually started, I, I quit at the prior agency I was working at on Valentine's Day, um, which was a really, really nice gift to my wife. Um, fortunately, <laughs> she was happy about that. She was yes. very happy about it. She, she knew it was coming, Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I brought her flowers and said, uh, this is the last splurge for a while.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right.
3: Uh, so it started from there, uh, ended up probably at our peak. Uh, We are probably around 15, 15, 18 employees, had office space, um, and then around 2015, took the pivot into training Mm -hmm. uh, because I realized that even when I had clients, as the CEO of the company, I'm spending all my time training. I'm training clients. I'm Mm -hmm. training for other organizations. I'm training other marketers. I'm creating curriculum. I really enjoy this training thing, and it's getting hard to do both. So. I went that way.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious about that. So as you, what were some of the obstacles or some of the challenges you were facing at that peak of, of managing, because, you know, part of the listeners of of this show, you know, are leaders of organizations, Mm -hmm. often fast growing tech companies, a lot of the time. Um, Tell me about, about the challenges you were facing too, you know, beyond uh, or maybe that's that's the, the big one, right, where you're, you're kind of maxed out training everybody and not managing the business <laughs> or, or something to that effect. So tell me a little bit about that.
1: My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day.
2: We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash MPN to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash MPN. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be to be. You may know you're listening to this show along the
0: Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy.
3: And so when I hired, I looked for people who could read well, write well, communicate well. And I didn't care if they had experience. Well, I'll teach you experience. However, when I did find people who one of my questions was, what do you do in your spare time? What's a hobby you're doing? I found someone who is kind of like you. They're running a board. I found someone who was running a website for Halo. Uh, I found someone who they built a website for their local high school sports, uh, and and they, you know, were building this, and it was in their spare time. When I found people like that, I snatched them up as quick as I could. Yeah. But what we instituted was when you came on board week one, you have one job, and your job is to build a blog, and use WordPress, use whatever. You can ask for advice, you can ask for you know help, but you have to do this because you have to understand what you're doing. And we had lists of instructions. Here's what we go through, here's the process. They'd get it built and, and I would challenge them, make it about something you like, a hobby, a passion. They would get it built and in order to do so, they had to work with some of the technical team to understand how to set it up right. They would have to work with the SEO team How do I build in SEO? People from content, people from design. And so in that way, they're getting to know other people in the organization. They're learning what they do, how we all work together. After they got that built, the next job was go make money with it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Go figure out how to make money. There's a hundred ways to make money online. And that was my, like, that's what got me passionate about it. So we had people... They were putting Google ads on their site and making money. We had people making videos on YouTube back, and uh, I'm trying to think when that was. Um, but it had to be like 10, 20, 28, 20, whatever. They're yeah. making money with YouTube videos. Uh, yeah. People are getting direct sponsorships. People are reviewing products. It, it was amazing to see in this small of a group how many different ways people found to make money. Right. And then here's where here's where we we instituted a policy that what you create is yours mm. you can host it on the company server you can utilize company software you can work you 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 know i'll even let you work on it in company time <laughs> not all the time yeah but yeah. if you leave the company for any any reason whatsoever you take this with you it's yours. It's not mine. It's yours. You built it. And to this day, I have people with sites that they created years, 15 or more years ago. They still own and operate and they're still making money off of them.
0: That's
3: great. And yeah, it, because why not? You know, isn't our job as leaders to help people grow, to help them learn? Yes. Um, I, I had a boss who once bragged that people who left his company never became successful in anything else they did.
2: <laughs> and and that I was like
3: really you take pride in that? Yeah. Really? Um no, our job's to grow people and and that was one of the ways and and not only that, it created so much innovation in house of people trying different things, they would share what they learned. We landed some of our biggest clients because of that initiative, because of that. Uh, so it was one of those ways that I could train people help overcome the obstacles of learning who's who in the office and how to communicate with them, but at the same time build something that they can take with them and benefit from.
0: Yeah, that's great. And I love that because it allows them to kind of tinker and get their hands dirty and and play with it. And, you know, in this case, WordPress and, you know, yeah, that, I think that's, I think that's a great way to do it so that they can yeah. kind of cut their teeth and get a feel for, for what's going on. And also, connecting them with your, you know, as you said, with your SEO team to get, to get a feel for, you know, keywords and, and, you know, the kind of strategies and and making sure that, that, you know, okay, it's on the internet. Can people find it? Um, so, <laughs> right. yeah, so right. I think, I think that's, that's a great thing. I, I worked for a, a hardware tech company, Griffin technology many years ago. And one of the things they did early on was when they were pretty young, um, uh, as a company they they when you when you started working there you had to work with customer support regardless of what your role was yeah, right. for like a week just to be just to be there and be present and to listen into the calls and the questions they got from the customers so that they would get a feel and also you'd learn pretty quickly in that way too so i like i like the idea of sort of mixing people within different departments because then they get a they get to know one another as you mentioned, but then Mm -hmm. they also get a feel for, you know, what they do. And obviously SEO is, is, uh, is an important factor in in all this stuff. It still is. Tell me about (laughs) nowadays, actually speaking of SEO, where, where, uh, uh, you know, so for search engine optimization, you know, so many websites have to be built. You know, we all, I mean, we all want to be number one on Google, of course, and, and, um, full disclosure, Google's a client. So I have to mention that, but, um, but I'm also, you know, when I have people ask me about this stuff, I always say, like, well, nobody can get you to number one on Google, guaranteed. Right. But, right. but they can certainly help you, legitimately help you get higher up in those organic results. So, do mm-hmm. you, do you have insights into how people are doing that these days? What things? What things? Uh, leaders can do, and and folks running organizations can can do to improve that. You know, there, there's a
3: there's a framework to SEO that hasn't changed. Mm. And it it has everything to do with how you structure, how you organize and develop a hierarchy and the words you use in that hierarchy. That has not changed since day one, even before Google. Uh, As I said, I I had a journalism background. So when I started building my website, I was using newspaper layout techniques, headlines, subheadings, bullet points, pictures. uh, And and then uh, what, what I... Forget what they call the the text underneath the picture to explain what it is. Yeah, yeah, a little caption kind of <laughs> yeah, thing. Captions, yeah, captions. Yeah, yes, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I was using basic layout techniques that I had learned, and that was exactly what worked, mm. uh, because it, it was I was using markup to communicate and make it more readable. It also made it more readable to search engines. So yeah. there are some basic things that you can do, and I, I would say the biggest change from then and now. Is there are less SEOs that have to or are required to work in the technical side of the website? Most marketers that I deal with are more content, and they have nothing to do with the behind the scenes. So it's all for them. It's all about the copywriting, content development, optimization of the content, and then there uh, there's the technical side, which even being on WordPress, uh, you know, with this latest Google update, there's not a whole lot I can do about it because I'm using WordPress. So right eh, yeah thanks yeah. Google. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah It's interesting. I actually switched from WordPress to Squarespace a number of years ago. I'm, uh-huh. uh, I'm not uh, sponsored. I have no skin in the game, but um, unless Squarespace is listening and they want to call and we can talk, <laughs> uh, but, um, and the reason why is because I would, I would tinker too much and I would end up breaking something. Or I'm not a developer, but I know enough CSS and HTML to be dangerous, I guess. You're right. right. <laughs> enough to enough to break my website or enough to install a plugin, but maybe not notice what happens when I update the plugin and it goes rogue and suddenly my yes. site is infested with malware. Uh, <laughs> that's never happened to me before. No, uh, no not at all. Uh, so, yeah, too many times I finally was like, okay this is not my sweet spot. So instead I'm going to pay, you know, a host and a, and a platform that, that can manage that security mm-hmm. stuff for good. And for not so good, certainly there are, are you know, there's always reasons why uh, I, I'm still a big fan of WordPress too. So is WordPress still your, your sweet spot? Uh, I wouldn't call it a sweet spot. I deal
3: less and less in WordPress every day. It's It's, mm. Um, There were times where I would go months without being in WordPress, and then I'd come back to it, and all of a sudden, like, well, what just happened? Uh, I don't remember any of this. Um, So it's only recently that I've had time, actually, to get back into it. And I think over the holidays, I was fixing my blog posts going all the way back to 06 because I had hard-coded a contact form that Russian spam bots were hitting pretty hard. So yeah. I had to go to every single blog post oh. to get that hard code off of there. <laughs> oh,
0: that's brutal. That's brutal. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Like something like that, where you're like, oh gosh, yes. yeah, yeah. It can be, it can be rough. So, um, and so you, you kind of made the pivot from the, from sort of agency life to, uh, to teaching and, mm-hmm. and I know you're doing stuff with, uh, was it new media Academy? I believe. Yes. Uh, yeah. Tell me. So, tell me about that transition and and uh, and how that's been for you. It's been great.
3: I. So around 2018, I was really I, I was enjoying the teaching. I'm developing curriculum for LinkedIn, for Simply Learn through uh, Udemy, Udacity, all the all the online providers. Yeah. And I would be working with instructional designers, and I and I really appreciate what I learned from them about how to structure content, how to develop a plan for that. And I had some time and I decided to enroll and get my master's degree in instructional design. Nice. And, I, awesome. and that was the best thing I ever did hmm. because as you know, and I was probably one of the oldest students in the course, <laughs> yeah. but it was great because I'm bringing along kind of a couple decades of teaching and all of a sudden, I'm learning the the models, and I'm learning the structures, and I'm looking at it, going, "That took me a decade to learn. That, oh, you've you've got ways of doing this. Look at you. Yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, I backed into that knowledge through making a ton of mistakes. Yeah. So it was so helpful." And understanding the structure, and and here's how you build an online course, and here's how you test to make sure people have learned, because that was the biggest thing I wanted to know is, I was asked this by a client, how do you know people learned? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we can go back, and especially in this industry, when you ask someone to come teach, typically what you're going to get is someone is going to come talk for an hour. And... How do you know it worked? How do you know they learned anything? That's the big question. So that's what going back and getting my degree in that really enabled was a more of a sense of how do you test for knowledge? Yeah. And so that transformed how I teach, how I develop content. Uh, New Media Academy is a content and digital learning academy in the United Arab Emirates. And I have come on as their uh, digital marketing instructor and uh, instructional designer. And so working with them on how to train in the Arab region, uh, I've actually got an upcoming podcast with the director uh, and just some amazing things is that there's there's less than 2% of Arabic content online, and yet Arabic speakers are... I think like 20% of the world's population. And so, yeah, there's no, there's a lack of influencers and and by influencers, I don't mean the fashion people or, or the, you know, I I don't mean that. I mean, and what they, so what they are doing is they're not only teaching entrepreneurs, teaching government employees communication. They're also a incubator for uh, influencer talent their main influencer right now is in the field of economics and he explains how economics work on a world platform but also in a regional platform right there he's the most popular huh. um there they have one who's a medical doctor they're grooming influencers in Astrophysics for space because the UAE is part of the Mars program, right. uh, you know. So it's just it's su- such an exciting thing to see, and they're developing these, and they're developing it in Arabic content, which is just uh, it, just such an exciting project to be a part of.
0: That's awesome. Do you so have you been able to go to Dubai to deliver some training?
3: Yeah, I'm going there probably about two or three times a year for the yeah. past two years, uh, okay. even during COVID, I've been going over there. Yeah. Um, this year I'll probably go for charts because we we've just added a ton of new relationships with universities there mm-hmm. with the government. Um, so yeah, it's 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 increasing all the time.
0: <laughs> that's great. That's that's really cool. I always um, uh, yeah. So I'm from Toronto originally, and I whenever I'm talking about you know things to do in Toronto, and I I mentioned the CN Tower. I always go to Boy because the sea and tower <laughs> right. was the tallest freestanding structure in the world until Dubai came along and topped it. So, oh, you know, the and s- they didn't just top s- it. Yeah. No, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the good old little CN and tower is the second freestanding <laughs> structure, the second tallest. But uh, no, that's that's great though, and I uh, yeah I have not been there, but I've heard uh, I've heard amazing things. So. Oh, it's
3: it's crazy. It, yeah. it just really is. It's an amazing city, and I love it. I I'm not a city person, but yeah. I love it there.
0: <laughs> and you're from you're from uh, Ohio, right?
3: I am. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So what what where what area <clears throat> in Ohio are you from?
3: I'm in Northeast Ohio in Canton. Uh, okay. For for most people, they only know it as the Football Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, so that's. <laughs> That's the landmark,
0: right? Right? Right. That's cool. Yeah, I do my annual pilgrimage to Toronto uh, with the family, and so yeah, we we stop along the way in oh, yeah. Columbus and Dayton and yep. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> that's amazing. So tell me a little bit about some of because I think this is also important when you're dealing, uh, you know, uh, a lot of a lot of uh, leaders now are dealing with staff all over the place geographically speaking. Mm-hmm. And that comes with cultural uh uh points that are important. What are some of the things that you've learned with with uh with working there uh culturally speaking, that you know, maybe a, a no-no that you had your wrist slapped and you're like, oh god, gotta remember not to do that. Um, boy, I the
3: only time I I I have been like corrected is because I used a specific news source as an example. Um, and they just simply asked, you know, please don't. Use that. Like, oh, oh, really? Oh, okay. <laughs> I I will not do that. I thought I was here. I am thinking I'm being culturally sensitive using yeah. this yeah. news source, and no. Oh, okay. Uh, I won't. You've been um, mind, yeah. So, it, but you know what? Where I learn the most is just going out to lunch with people. It's yeah. uh,
0: <laughs> it's yeah.
3: and 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 the thing is, I think people are afraid to ask. They're afraid to ask, and so you know, for me, it's like a twenty questions. Is okay? I see people doing this. What are they doing? Right. What's happening with this? And I think people are afraid to ask because they're they're thinking they're putting their host on the spot, or they're they're picking something out. But in reality, I mean, my hosts have been. The people I work with there have just been amazing,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and they love to share about their culture. And here's yeah. what's happening. And I, I, I have made some of the, the best friendships out of this uh, that I've ever made in my life, yeah. uh, because it's just been so genuine and so and and so. Uh, what a learning experience! Um, just being and and the interesting thing about Dubai. Is it's so multicultural. It's an international city. Uh probably only about 10% of the people there are actual natives to wow. Dubai and the UAE. Wow. Everyone else is from yeah. you name
0: it, they're from yeah. there. And so it's a very international experience. That's neat. That's 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 great. So um, so I want to be respectful of your time here. So I want, but I'm gonna so I'm gonna move us to the lightning round.
3: All right. I'm cool uh, yeah. though, but just There's, you know, yeah, I'm cool. Yeah. I got <laughs>
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I just want to make sure, make sure. But uh, yeah, no, there's no heavy lifting involved here. So, all right. Uh, All right. So, uh, who is someone that was especially nice to you in your career?
3: Okay, so I have to go back to my broker who told me not to uh, spend too much time on that internet thing. Yeah. I learned how to be a salesperson from him. Mm. That's what I learned. I learned how to be great at sales, but not sketchy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I think sometimes salespeople come off as very disingenuous, uh, very self serving. What he taught me is how to communicate with people, how to learn what they need, how to ask questions. I, I learned so much about sales and people from him. He didn't have to spend that time with me. Um, he didn't have to mentor me, but he did. And I am always so now, see, now I'm thinking of like, I have got to call him. I have not, <laughs> it's been too long. We have, I, we got to get back together. So
0: yeah that, yeah, that, that, yep. That's great. So complete this sentence. Nice guys and gals finish somewhere in the middle.
3: Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like that. You know, that's pretty true. <laughs> yeah, somewhere in the middle. Um, the middle. there's
3: always going to be the jerks that come in first that make a lot, you know, flashing yeah. cash. Yeah. I, I'm not like that. I'm not going to do that. And if I finish in the middle, I'm cool with that.
0: Yeah. Like I'm that. fine. <laughs> what's, what's a nice book you recommend to the nice makers?
3: Wow. Um, wow. I'm trying to think because I probably do about a book a month. Mm. Um, that is one of the things that I have set aside for myself that I absolutely need to do. Yeah. Um, boy, good, good question. I'm going to throw something very obscure out there and it would be yeah. Aristotle's Rhetoric. Okay. because what you're going to find there is that the principles of persuasion have been the same for thousands of years. Mm. Um, it's, it it, get a, get a copy, start reading through just rhetoric and everything he lines out. And what you'll find is an extremely well thought out document on the science and process of persuasion.
0: Interesting. Okay. (laughs) I have to check that out. Actually, I, uh, I was just listening to another podcast I love called you are not so smart. (laughs) It's a great, (laughs) Um, it's a psychology sort of neuroscience. Yeah. It's a fantastic podcast. And, uh, and they did an episode about, uh, I forget the name of it, but it's, I, I believe it was developed by IBM and it's a develop, it's a debater. And so it's an AI machine that, Scans for you know tens or hundreds of thousands of articles, in, in, in and then debates a human live <laughs> over whatever the that topic is and uses persuasion techniques also as part of that and it's uh, it's quite a fascinating uh, episode but uh, but it's wow. a great show too I'll include a link in the show notes if if uh, anyone wants to find that too yeah uh, how how is Matt nice to himself ah uh, great question.
3: Uh, Like I said, I, 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 my challenge is a book a month. Um, you know, I, I try to do yoga once a day. (laughs) I try to maintain that. Um, but the biggest thing is, and especially through, you know, the pandemic and everything is realizing I don't have to be at my computer 10 hours a day. Um, that's probably the biggest thing that I can do to be nice to myself.
0: That's great. Do you fully unplug, or are you like still on your phone, or, or are you using anything to kind of help you unplug that way? Um, well, I, I've early on, I realized
3: that I have to set boundaries in order to survive. So, for example, I'm I'm working on uh, a, I've got a number of projects. I've got a book. I've got a, a learning portal that I'm mm. developing content for. Uh, I'm also doing the work for the M- New Media Academy. Mm. When I work, I need hours. I can't do these in 15-minute, 20-minute spurts. So yeah. Yeah. I set aside, I block off the calendar. Here's four hours at least to work on this project or six hours. And I turn off my email and I turn off my phone. That's great. That. I can't survive if I don't do that. And so part of it is I, I tell people, you have to train your clients. You have to train the people that you're around yeah. how to communicate with you. And so you send me an email. I'm not responding until I turn my email back on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have to eliminate the dings, notifications, buzzes. that That has enabled me then to step away a little easier when I need to.
0: Yeah, no, that's great advice. Uh, I once worked for a boss years ago. Uh, I'll, I'll date it by talking about blackberries being the devices we were <laughs> using. But he had an auto-reply in his email, that that, uh, in the office, his work email that said, I check my email at 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. every day. Right, yes. So if you need me urgently, please call. And, that's and, how email was intended to work, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I always appreciated that. Um, if you had a billboard, what would it say?
3: Have a cup of coffee with somebody.
0: <laughs> I love that. Matt, this has been a pleasure. How can people get a hold of you? How can they learn more about what you do and hear your show and all that good stuff?
3: Oh, uh, thank you, Dave. Just about everything is on my website at sitelogic.com, S I T E. L-O-G-I-C, logic. From there, you can see the podcast. Uh, I also have links to my learning portal. Uh, that's at learn.sitelogic.com. Uh, and I have certification courses in digital marketing, courses on analytics. And then usually when I'm doing webinars, I'll recut them and put them on there as well so that ev- everyone can access sort of the, the latest updated content that I'm pushing out.
0: That's awesome. That's great. Well, Matt, thank you
3: so much. It's been nice. It's been very nice, Dave. Thank you so much for the invitation.
0: Thanks for listening to the Nice Podcast. I would love to include your voice on the show. If you have comments or questions regarding this episode or any episode, whether you might have some nice communications tips of your own, visit friend.nicepodcast.co there you can record an audio comment and i expect you'll hear it on an upcoming episode theme song is little jane may and the end song is funny feeling by alistair crystal at alistercrystal.ca. and we'll see you next time be nice